Good morning, God's wonderful people. Here we are another day to give God thanks for his goodness, his love, and his mercy. Another day to sing of his greatness and sing of his wondrous works in this earth. Let us remember that the purpose for which we are created is to glorify and manifest God in this earth. So as we go through a day today, let's take this opportunity to seize it with both hands and manifest God in all we do. Let there be no obstacle to you manifesting God. Let there be no reservations to you manifesting God. Manifest God in your speech today. Manifest Him in your actions. Manifest Him in how you think and deal with others. Manifest God in all you do and let God be seen in your life and in all you do. Today we begin our analysis of the very first word of the Bible. And we begin this analysis by analyzing the very first letter of this word. So in essence, we can say that today we'll be analyzing the very first letter of the Bible. And so this analysis will show to us how impactful this one letter can be and how much this one letter is an encapsulation of the entire message of the Bible. To do this, we are going to analyze this first letter from the King James Version, because in the King James Version, the very first letter is the letter I. And that would be saying that it, that I, we can't say that of I, because I, in the English language, doesn't have a meaning. I is basically a symbol that assumes a function and goes along with other symbols and creates a word or a concept which then get, gets its meaning as it is used in a sentence. So in other words, in English language, words um, assume their meaning. They don't contain their meaning. It's based on how you use that word. And so there are certain meanings that are intricate to a word and may, may, you know, may normally be what that word means. But then the way English language is, you can use any word to mean anything in, you know, in a lot of ways. And so with the Hebrew language, it's a lot different. You, you don't use, a word doesn't get, get its meaning when it's used. A word has its meaning. And it's because of that meaning that determines how this word is used. Even to the very extent that you don't use certain words in, in, in certain sentences and you don't use certain words with other words because each word has its own meaning. So the next thing, beauty about this language is that each letter has their own meaning. And because each letter have their meaning, whenever they are put together to form a word, e the meaning of each of those letters contribute to the ultimate meaning of that word. And therefore, because of this fact, each letter meaning something, it therefore means that each word is a concept and very well declares something. So it is a, actually a phrase or a sentence or a statement. And so we, when we analyze words, we look for what these letters are saying in that word to understand what the word means. So the Hebrew language is a very profound language. I, I always call it the dynamic language. All other languages stem from this one language. 
change. And so in our analysis of this first letter of the Bible, we have to be mindful of the fact that this one letter is going to tell us a whole lot. All right, so we are looking at the warrior's identity. The warrior's identity. And in looking at the warrior's identity, we want to identify what it is about this warrior that makes him undefeatable. When you identify these things about you as the warrior of God, you begin to understand the power you possess and the position you possess. Understanding these two things can literally change your life. It will change the dimensions of how you live your life and how you deal with others. When you understand who you are and what you can do, that literally can revolutionize your life. And so that's the intent here today, that what we will share with you today, you will take this and revolutionize your life for God. So our text is Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to verse 31. However, we have literally declared that the entire book of Genesis is our play field. Even though the playground is chapter 1, and even though the playpen is verse 26 to verse 31, we also must understand that the play toy is verse 26 and verse 27, and in particular verse 26. So that is how we will approach this study. So right now we are looking at the title of, Gen of Genesis, the, re the true title of this book of Genesis. And the title of this book of Genesis, not the word Genesis, but as it is in the Hebrew text, the word Bereshit. Right? This word Bereshit is the first word of the book. And so this word is what is used as a title, which again give indication that this first word embodies and encapsulates the entire message of the book. Because... One thing that is known and must be acknowledged is that when you talk about a title of a book, you are talking about the embodiment or encapsulation of the entire message of that book in a word or a phrase. That's what a title is. It's the encapsulation of the entire message of that book given in a one word or in a statement. That's what the title is. So therefore, because the word Bereshit is used as a title of the book of Genesis, it also declares to us that this word encapsulates the entire message of the book. But I take you further to say to you that this word encapsulates the entire message of the Bible. So let's look at this letter bait. We know that the Hebrew language is a pictures language or a pictogram language. And so the letter bait is the it, its symbol is a picture of something. And what the letter bait is a picture of is a house or a tent. It literally is the picture of a Bedouin's tent, um, referring to the period of time when Israel was journeying through the wilderness. At that point in time, they were a nomadic people and they built their tent a particular way. So the shape of this letter or the picture of this letter rather is that of a tent. And so it, it means a house. So this letter is a house. The word bait itself in Hebrew is a house or a tent. All right. So bait is a house. Now, the house is used to speak of our, of our body or man's body. 
that his body is the house or the tent. It, also, it is also used to refer to a man's posterity, a man's descendant or his family. They are called or referred to as his household. So bait is a house, a body or a household or a family. The house is also the dwelling place of the family, the place where the family is held together and protected. Now let's look at this concept of house. You see a house is where you dwell. It's in the house that you dwell. But there are many more aspects to the house that we're going to be looking at as we proceed. So let's now look at the form of the letter bait. The letter bait is from, formed from a vav and a resh. The vav means to connect. It is a connection between man and God. The vav is the yud stretched down to touch the baseline. So it represents God reaching down to connect with man. The resh is a man's head and means a person, what is highest or most important or chief. So the form of this letter bait is a vav laid down horizontally with a resh on top of it. This means that the foundation of the house is connected between, sorry, this means that the foundation of the house is the connection between God and man. The same connection that sustains man's life is the same one that sustains the house. Now, we have established that the vav is a connection between God and man. And here we are seeing that the bait in its, in its use of the vav as the foundation or base of the house is declaring that the foundation to the family, the foundation to a home is the connection between God and man. This, it, you know, this is the one relationship by which all other relationships are sustained. So not only is the house sustained and, and maintained by its foundation, but you see, this idea of the relationship between God and man being the sustainer of the house, it is declaring also that this relationship between God and man is the very relationship by which all other relationships are sustained. So then, the debate is the place where the head offers or gives security. That place where the head offers or gives stability. It is that place where the head offers or gives sustenance. That is the place called the house. All right, so bait embodies all of these concepts. The first place in the Torah where bait is used to begin a root word is in Genesis 1.1, the word bara that is translated created. Now, the very first letter in the Bible is bait. But the very first word where bait is used is bara. Why? Because when you want to know the meaning of a letter, you would look for the very first place in the Bible where that letter is used to begin a root word. In this case of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, Bereshit is a, it, it means in the beginning. So the very first letter there, bait, is not a word, is a preposition. The bait there is a preposition. And so it means in. And so that would not count as the very first word because there it is a preposition. The very first word that begins with the bait is bara. Bara means or 
properly pronounced bara. Bara means make something that has not been in existence before. It means be created or make, form, or fashion something out of elements. All right? Now, the letters that spells bara is bait, resh, aleph. Now, these letters are significant because, like I said, every letter have a name. So, therefore, the spelling of the name of the letter bait, it is spelled with a bait, a resh, and an aleph. All right? Now, bait is a house. Resh is a head of a person or a man's head. It means a head or a person. Aleph is God. Aleph always points to God. That's the very first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It always points to God. So Bara is a house whose head is God. So Bara is a house whose head is God. So it's telling us that the bait, which is a house, is a house and the head of that house is God. That's the bait. Now, in this, it also refers to Jesus Christ. In this word bara, it also points to Jesus Christ. Now, how does bara point to Jesus Christ? The word bara, like we said, is spelled with a bait, a resh, and an aleph. So, the first two letters of bara is bait, resh. Now, bait, resh is the Hebrew word bar. And that word bar is the word for son. Bar means son. Right? Now we know that Aleph is God. So bara is a declaration in its letters that says son of God. Alright? So in this word bara, it is declared to us that it's a son of God. So what does bara mean? Bara means creation or to be created. So therefore, creation here is declaring son of God. So creation is for the son of God and it's by him. Now, that's what the Bible declares to us. That in Colossians, it says, is the embodiment of God, the one for whom and by whom all things were created. That's what the scriptures declare, that it was by him and for him that all things were created. And here the word bara is declaring that from the very beginning. And it's the word of God that says God is a God who declares the end from the beginning. So in the beginning of the book of the, the Bible here, God is declaring the very end. And in this word, that's declared. We'll get to that later on. But right here we know that bait means bara. Bait is bara. So here... Bara is telling us that that is what the bait means because that's the first place where the, word, the letter bait is used. And so what do we understand from this? We understand that, that the house of God is creation. So creation is the house of God. What does that really mean? Creation being the house of God means that creation is the embodiment of God. Now let's break this down a bit for you because you must understand this. Our creation is a house of God. Now, it's a house of God because as your body is a house, your body is a house. But let's take it a bit more simpler than that. Let's consider your house that you live in. The house that you live in is where you dwell. It's, the, it's what embodies you. It keeps you safe. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you secure. And that's what you want your house to do for you, your home to do for you. So your house where you live in, that is your dwelling place. But also, one of the aspects of your house that I would love for you to be reminded of 
is that your house is the manifestation of you. So a house is the manifestation of him who is in the house. So whoever is in the house, the house is the visible manifestation of that which is within. That's what a house is. That's one of the aspects of a house that I want you to remember. So therefore, creation is supposed to be the manifestation of him who inhabits creation. So in other words, because now we see that creation is a house of God, we now must understand that creation must manifest God. So creation is a house that manifests him who is within. That means creation is the manifestation of God. Now, this is something important. Now, the pantheists will take that and stretch it over and overstretch it to say that creation is God. No, I'm not saying creation is God. Creation is the embodiment of God. Creation is supposed to manifest and show forth God. When the pantheist looks at creation and see the wonders of God in creation, he calls it God. But that is not the truth. That is a lie. Creation is not God. But we must understand that creation declares God. It's the manifestation of God. That's what David says. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show it is and it works. Creation is supposed to manifest God. The house is supposed to manifest him who is in that house. Right. So the very first letter of the Bible tells us this, tells us this information that it's creation. All of life, all of creation embodies and manifests God. So therefore, friends, here this word bara is teaching us that the letter bait means all that is material. All things material. And so it refers to all things. It refers to creation. It is the house of God. The bait also teaches us that the essence of the bait is Jesus Christ. In Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2 verse 9, Ephesians 1 verse 22 to 23. In Colossians 2 verse 9, it declares, For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we know that Jesus Christ is the embodiment or we could put it in plainer term. Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God. Jesus came to this earth to manifest God. And just like how Jesus is the bodily expression of who God is, Jesus is the bait of God. is the visible manifestation of God. And so in the same way, we are supposed to be the house of God. And that's what the Bible says. Your bodies are the temple of the living God. So my body in this physical realm must manifest God because it is his temple. It is his house. So my body is supposed to be the house of God, not the house of anything else. So God is supposed to inhabit my body and use it as a manifestation of him in this earth. And it's not a situation where God usurps my authority or usurps me or take over without my permission. He will never do that. It is me who, as Romans 12, 1 says, offering my body as a living sacrifice to God, where God can now take that body and use it to manifest himself in this earth. So it begins with me 
offering my body as a living sacrifice. In other words, I'm not going to kill my body. I'm going to just open up and allow God to utilize my body for the manifestation of his glory. That's what Beit is telling us. So we know that creation is for the manifestation of God. Beit tells us that. Isn't that what the Bible is all about? The Bible is all about God manifesting himself in the physical realm. Yeah, it's all about creation manifesting God. Now, let's look at the gematria for the bait. The gematria for the bait, its value, its numerical value is two. The number two spiritual significance is it symbolizes difference and enmity. It also points to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The letter bait spells out, gives the value of 412. This is a very significant truth being declared here. When you spell out the letter bait, it's spelled with a bait, a yod, and a tav. In this, we see that these letters add up to a total of 412. Four is the number of material completeness. Hence, it is the world number and especially the city number. Twelve is a perfect number. Its significance is that it means perfection of government or of governmental perfection. It is found as a multiple in all that has to do with rule. This teaches, therefore, my friends, that the world is governed through the house, the family. If the house or family is governed properly, the country would, or the world rather, would be governed properly. The country and the world be governed properly if the house or the family is governed properly. That's the base of all governments. World government is upon or affected in the family. All right? The, the, the condition of the country or the condition of the world is a reflection of the condition of the family. If you want to fix the world, you fix the family. Because the family is the basic construct of the world. The other thing that 412 teaches us, my friends, 412 comprise of 400, 10, and 2. What does that teach us? 400 is a, is a value of the, the letter Tav. And 400 is 4 times 10 times 10. So what is 4? 4 is a world number. And four, the world number brought to completion, completeness, because 10 means ordinal perfection. So when you multiply now by 10, it means that whatever that number symbolizes, it means that is brought to completeness. So four, while this is that world number, it also points to creation, the material world, the creation of the material world, all things material, brought to completion or completeness or perfected. What's that? It speaks to you know, the world or material things want to complete. But also, 400 is a valid for letter Tav. And Tav means covenant. So 400, in essence, is also going to point to covenant because it's a completeness of the material world. And that is, the material world, what completeness is that the covenant that God created this world to establish has been established. That what what you refer to as a completion of of, of, of the world. Where God, the covenant with the world is established and secured that's the intention of god to become one with his creation and that's how you bring creation to completeness that's how it becomes complete when god and creation comes together as one so then 400 symbolize that 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 covenant 10 again here coming forth ordinal you know ordinal 
uh, perfection. And then the number two. Again, the number two speaks to the existence of another. All right. It speaks to um, covenant. It speaks to um, division. It speaks to enmity and all of that. Now, all this 412, 410 and 2 is pointing to the whole concept of covenant. So we know by virtue of this letter bait, it talks about covenant. And covenant is an essential part of this letter bait. What is that saying? Bait, bait, um, yod and tav. So bait is a house. Yud is power. Tav is covenant. So in the house, the house is maintained through the power of covenant. And that's what it's declaring to us. It's a house that is established through, through the power of covenant. So whoever lives in the house, he is in that house and whoever is in there with him is there because of covenant. So bait speaks to the covenant of God with creation. It speaks to the covenant of God with creation because God inhabits creation and his intent is to establish covenant with creation to become one with his creation that's the intent of god and the bait declares that and the message of scripture is all about that right there in this first letter bait we see the encapsulation of the message of the bible so the bait and bearer sheet is not just a titling of genesis it's a titling of the entire bible it's a titling of the entire message of god God's desire and his ultimate goal is to become one with his creation. And that is declared here from the very beginning. In Revelation, we see the fulfillment of that covenant. We see the manifestation of that covenant being prophesied and declared there in Revelation. But that has been declared from the very beginning in the very first letter of the Bible. So my friends... We must understand that this letter bait, which is a house, is a place where the family is secured, stabilized, and sustained. It speaks about creation. It is the embodiment of God. It is also the Son of God by whom all things are created and are sustained. And it is for Him and were created by Him. Historically, the Word of God also connects the laws and principles of the past to the present and thus the present to the future. Like the valve which, was the, which has the ability to shift a word or phrase or idea from past to future and back, the Word of God is both within time and beyond time. It's timeless. It's timeless teachings bridge life at the beginning of creation with the current issues of modern day life. One of the remarkable things I want to leave with you as we break here is that debate. Debate itself declares this truth as well. This old thing about debate being used in scripture to, to, to mean in. The reason why the bait in scripture is used as the letter in, we have to understand therefore that this is declaring to us that bait, in essence, is a container. A container or a house in which God dwells. Bereshit, in essence, also declares this. What are the first two letters of Bereshit? Bait, Resh. That's what? Bar. What are the first three letters of Bereshit? 
Beit Resh Aleph. That's what Bara. So we are going to see as we progress that Bereshit declares the message of the scriptures. And in his very first three letters, we see the very first act of God, creation. We'll continue this tomorrow as we dig deeper into looking at the title of Genesis. We are looking at the book of Genesis and we are analyzing this book. But first, we must analyze its title and see what we learn from it because there's much to be learned from its title. Judge me, O Jehovah, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. And I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons. Neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Jehovah, and I, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Jehovah, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. Hallelujah. In the congregation will I bless Jehovah. Father, I thank you today for your goodness, for your love and your mercy. Let you, O Lord, be the only manifestation in my life. No one else, not even me, but let my life be the full manifestation of you. I give you thanks, I give you praise, and I surrender all to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you and I do too. Shalom.